This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. For the month of December, we're looking at Christmas with family. We're talking about that. And um, uh, we're going to look at some of the families that, have, that are mentioned in the Bible story. But we're also going to um, be talking about our families a little bit. Um, my favorite Christmas carol are the ones that bring pictures of peace. Silent night. All is calm. All is bright. And the other one, O little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. That's uh, one of my uh, great uh, courses and one of my great songs. But frankly, I don't think that the birth of Jesus was very peaceful or calm. In fact, it's unlikely that the events surrounding Christ's birth could ever be described as being peaceful. Look at what people who were were thinking about. Look at some of the words that are used. I printed them for you in your notes. Joseph, it says, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. The angel said to Mary, do not be afraid. The Bible says that Herod in all Jerusalem was disturbed. Wise men were warned in a dream. Herod gave orders to kill. The shepherds were startled and were gripped with fear. (laughs) And the Bible says that they greatly trembled at his words. And in one place it says in Luke chapter 2 verse 9, they were terrified. So I don't think the picture of O little town of Bethlehem being calm and quiet was actually very real. Most of the people felt fear, they were troubled, they were worried about the things they were hearing and the things that were happening. In fact, it says they were terrified at one place. Consider the birth itself. They were in Bethlehem because of government regulation. That brings a lot of peace, don't you think? Because the government introduced a new tax. That really makes us happy. They had gone there because Caesar ordered them to go there. They were in an unfamiliar town. They were from Nazareth, but they had to travel to Bethlehem. They get there and there's no room. And so they end up in a stable of some kind. And they end up putting their firstborn, their baby, in a feeding trough. And then strange visitors start showing up at the door. All of a sudden your house is filled with shepherds. This is not a peaceful time. This is a time of anxiety, a time of trouble. But if we're honest, for us, Christmas can be a troubling time of the year. There's financial pressures. There's lots to buy. Still the same amount of money, but still more things to buy. Companies coming. And it's not always necessarily company that makes you most comfortable. 
Sometimes it's not exactly the way you want. I was just told today, we're having Christmas at our son's place, but I was told, don't expect turkey. What? (laughs) What do you mean, don't expect turkey? They're not having turkey. Oh, that's different. (laughs) I'm not saying it's bad, just different. There are meals to get ready. There's presents to be wrapped. There's tired kids. We eat way too much. And in some homes, sadly, people drink way too much. And then you add the events that you have to go to, company parties and company suppers and church stuff. The list goes on and on. One of my memories of of Christmas from a child was when I got a part in a church play. And um, I don't recall actually ever volunteering for it. How many of you kids identify with that? (laughs) I never really wanted the part, never really asked to be in the play, but somehow I got a part in the play. And I don't, I can't remember. It seems to me now, having looked back after 50 years, that was a, it was a, a big part in the play. But all I remember is me and my dad in the basement of our house with him making go, me go over the lines over and over and over again. He was afraid somehow that I would get up there and embarrass him by not knowing my stuff. And I can't necessarily say that those evenings in the basement of the house were necessarily the most pleasant. I just don't remember that. But I just remember him standing with script in hand, going over them one by one and making sure I got it right. Christmas time can be very tense, if we're honest. It can be fantastic, but it also can be very difficult for some people. Of course, we recognize that there are people that are struggling with the first Christmas after the death of a loved one, even this year in our congregation, and how hard that is, how difficult that can be. It's always been difficult, if we're honest. I I remember hearing the story uh, written long ago about the song Silent Night. And um, apparently, this is a, 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 a legend, I'm not sure exactly of the truthfulness of it, but I heard a long time ago, that the priest of the church in, in Austria, Germany, that they discovered on Christmas Eve that the organ had broken down. And in those times, the organ was the only instrument. It was the guitar of the day, right? There was nothing else, just the organ. So how are you going to have a Christmas service without an organ? It's not possible. And um, they were really worried about it, really worried about it. And there was a man in the church who played guitar. And they wrote a song that could be played and sung with a guitar accompaniment. What we've come to know as Silent Night, Holy Night. All is calm. All is bright. But I'm thinking for a couple hours while they were contemplating this service without an organ that the pastor wasn't that happy and wasn't very much experiencing peace. Christmas times are often unusually busy and hectic and filled with anxiety. I don't know which song it is, but for some reason the words all is merry and bright keep ringing in my head and I remind myself that often it's not always merry and bright in our homes 
at Christmas time. Sometimes they're difficult, sad, worrisome times. So how can we experience peace at Christmas time? Simple things, three simple things. First of all, we need to remind ourselves and, and understand that make-believe or fake peace is no peace at all. You've got to understand that. Just ignoring problems does not make the problems go away. Just ignoring the fact that you've spent too much is not going to make it more peaceful. Just ignoring the fact that up in the, in the days and weeks and perhaps months leading up to Christmas, your marriage relationship hasn't been very good is not going to make it suddenly better just because you pretend it's better. Just because there's family difficulty does not mean that by pretending it's all better, suddenly it's all going to like magic dust just suddenly appear better. It doesn't happen that way. I've heard the story, and you've seen the story. It's a true story. It happened in World War I, where apparently on the front lines, the uh, soldiers on both sides of no man's land, no man's zone, uh, somebody began singing a song on Christmas Eve, Silent Night, and um, the other side began singing the song, and for some reason, in some miraculous way, the, the guns were put down, and for a little bit of time, the soldiers on both sides of no man's land came together, and they celebrated Christmas on Christmas Eve. And it sounds so wonderful. Doesn't it sound wonderful? But what happened the next day? You see, that's not real peace. Pretending there's peace is not real peace. When the next day you're going to start shooting at one another again. You're going to start calling names and having the arguments and having the fights. Ignoring your problems doesn't bring peace. Saying that you have no trouble in your marriage does not make it a healthy marriage. We've got to keep it real. If you're going to have peace, you've got to keep it real. You've got to keep it real. Number two, true peace begins with submission to God's will. The scripture says that Mary was troubled by the words of the angel regarding her having a baby. She was very troubled by it. She was confused by it. She asked questions. How can this be? This, this can't happen. This is not normal. But as you follow the conversation, eventually Mary comes to the place where she says, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Take it as a golden rule if you want. But if you do not submit to God's will in your life, if you keep fighting God, you will never be at peace. You will never be at peace. I've talked to men 60, 70, 80 years of age, living with turmoil because they felt at 20 or 30 years of age God had spoken to them about something and they said no to God and 50 years later they're still fighting the fact that they said no to God. They still can't live at peace and they have to come to a place where they forgive themselves. But if you don't submit to God's will, you're going to be struggling all the time and you'll never be at peace. Jesus himself, just before going to the cross, said not what I want, but what you want. And um, we have got to come to the place where we submit to God's will and we say, God, it's what you want in my life. And sometimes we don't understand that. In our devotional today, we said that if you don't understand what God's plan is, sometimes it's hard to be at peace. When you're not understanding what's going on and you're not fully convinced that God knows what he's doing, it's hard to live at peace. We struggle and we fight. 
Last thing to talk about today is you maintain peace in your heart. You maintain peace in your heart by focusing on the promises of God. There are so many things that cry out for our attention at this time of year. There are jobs that need to be done. There's shopping that needs to be done. There's baking that needs to be done. There are so many things. There are plays that kids are involved in. There are so many things to go to. You have got to come to a place where you take time to focus your attention on the things of God. How you do that, you, we each do it in our own way. Wait, maybe it's lighting a candle at home and having an Advent wreath. Maybe it's going to the Christmas services and focusing our attention on the things of God. But you have got to find a way to focus your attention not on all the stuff of Christmas, but on the Christ of Christmas. Luke chapter 2, verse 19. I always love this verse because, as I said before, this was the last verse we read on Christmas morning. We couldn't open our presents until the scriptures were read. And this was always the last verse. So I love this verse. (laughs) I've always loved this verse. But it says that with all the stuff going around her, Mary pondered these things in her heart. She thought about them. With all the stuff that was going on, she found some time to sit back and think, what is happening? And in fact, I believe, this is my personal belief, I believe she pondered these things for the rest of her lives, or for the rest of her life. I believe, and somebody told me this, this is not original with me by any means, but somebody said the greatest testimony of who Christ was was the fact that at the foot of the cross that day when Christ was crucified, Mary said nothing. Mary said nothing. She didn't cry out and say, don't listen to him. He's crazy. He thinks he's the son of God, but he's not. Don't listen to him. Let him go. And she said nothing. She let Jesus be crucified because she remembered Gabriel coming to her. She remembered shepherds coming with stories of angels in the heavens and she remembered wise men bringing gifts and she remembered what Joseph had to say how could she deny that her son was the son of God when all this was going on she took time to focus on the things of God to ponder them that's why we put out an advent booklet with scripture readings and devotions to help us focus on Jesus and of course some of the best scriptures that we know in the Bible are scriptures that speak about peace, God's peace. I would encourage you to pick one and hang on to it during this Christmas season. Listen to them. Think about them throughout the day. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on you or steadfast because they trust in you. Jesus said, be still and know, or pardon me, in the the book of Psalms, the scripture says, be still and know that I'm God and I will be exalted among the nations. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give peace to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace on whom his favor rests. And of course, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Let me just say to you, you can experience peace this Christmas. 
with all that's going on around you, all the stuff that's happening, all the anxiety, all the things that trouble our mind so much, if you want to experience peace, you can. It comes from focusing your attention on God. It comes from submitting your will to God's will. And it comes from keeping it real and not pretending that everything's well when it's not well. You've got to keep it real. Listen to this song. It's a video. And um, listen to the first verse. We'll sing on the second verse along with the, the video. But just listen to this song and let God speak to your heart. I'm not sure what may be the cause of turmoil in your life right now, but I know that through Christ we can find peace. Amen? We're going to stand and we're going to pray and uh, I'm going to ask, yeah, please feel free to stand with us. Uh, After we pray, I'm going to ask some of our prayer team members that are around, if you would come and just make yourselves available at the front. If you'd like somebody to pray with you, feel free to come to one of these folks. We're not going to be playing music or anything. And just service will be dismissed. But if you'd like to come and join us, uh, feel free to come for prayer. As well, over in our uh, fellowship hall, we have some coffee and refreshments there. If you'd like to join us there for that, please feel free to do that. My prayer is that whatever, wherever you're at this Christmas season, that you would find peace in your heart. Peace that comes from having a relationship with Jesus Christ, from submitting your will to his. If you've never done that, this is a good day to do it. Say yes to Jesus. Peace that comes from focusing your mind on the things of God, focusing your mind on the word of God. And peace that comes from uh, allowing Christ to make it real. Allowing Christ to take off the mask and to allow Christ to help us quit pretending that somehow everything's good when in fact it's not good. God can help us with that. Amen? So we're going to close in prayer. Some of our prayer people are going to come and make themselves available. If you'd like prayer, feel free to come. And We have uh, some coffee over there, so would you bow with me in prayer? We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the peace that you alone give. You tell us that you give peace that the world can never give and that the world can never take away. So I thank you for that, Father. I thank you for the hope that we have in Christ Jesus, which we talked about last week, and I thank you for the peace that passes understanding, a peace that doesn't make sense to anyone else, but a peace that comes from knowing that I walk with you and I talk with you and I can hold hands with you knowing that you care for me. So, Father, I pray your blessing upon this congregation. May we experience your peace this Christmas season. And, Father, may we experience the joy and fellowship of your Holy Spirit. We ask this in the name of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody says, amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great day.